This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Where on earth has Rob Smith been? Kamala Harris suggests race-based distribution of hurricane relief. And why did the gay romantic comedy Bros completely tank at the box office? Um, my hint is that it's not just because all of Americans are homophobic. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. What's going on, Problematics? Oh my god, it is it has been so long. It has been too long. I want to take this first segment to let you know what I've been up to, but before I do all that, I owe you all an apology. <clears throat> if you're listening to this podcast, you're what I like to call in my head like Rob Smith superfans, right? If you're taking the time to listen to this podcast, if you have downloaded this podcast, if you're listening to it in the car, on the way to work, in the subway, wherever, <clears throat> you are, in my mind, somebody that is a supporter of mine, and I have not devoted the amount of time, energy, and attention into you guys as I should have, okay? I think that going back, and first of all, I, I just want to tell you why I took the break that I did. Um, this summer was a very intense time for me personally and professionally. You guys all know I'm going through a separation right now, which is like literally the worst thing ever. Um, I was in New York City for the first time in a very long time this summer, and I was devoting without throwing shade at any of the media outlets that I'm I'm blessed and privileged enough to be able to appear on uh, from time to time, multiple times a week. I think that I was devoting a, a way too much of my time and my energy um, into them. 
And when you devote so much of your time and energy into sort of doing cable news hits, you know, there's a lot that comes into it. You're having to run back and forth the set. You have to do makeup. Like, you have to, you know, get suited up. You have to do all of these things. Um, And sometimes even being on TV for, like, five minutes can take, and I'll tell you, a good one and a half to two hours out of my day, you know? And I was spending a lot of time doing that. And and granted, when you spend that much time doing something, you know, other things are going to fall off, right? So instead of spending the time that I should have been spending sort of, you know, uh, promoting my platforms and sort of doing this podcast, making it the best podcast that it can possibly be, doing my videos where you guys can find me on Instagram and on Facebook and, and, and tweeting and doing all of the things that basically got me to this point in the first place. I kind of started neglecting those things and doing a lot of cable news hits. Now, will I continue to do the cable news hits? Absolutely. I am blessed to have a relationship with the networks that you've got, you've all seen me appear on, right? But as somebody who really does see myself as a content creator first, I have to balance the time that I spend creating these things for you guys with the time that I'm going to spend, you know, going to these cable news sets and all that. So that was the first thing. Um, The second thing is actually really sort of taking the time to figure out who I want to be in this space. And I think that I've alluded to it before that it can at times be very tough for me to be the person that I am in this space. And what I mean by that is saying this, there is no other black gay dude that exists in the media in the space that I am in right now. Like, I'm it. This has never been done before. And when something has never been done before, the metaphor I like to use is I'm literally walking into a brick wall every single day. And every single day, I have to kind of like have a pickaxe, right? And so I'm breaking down this brick wall every single day because I'm going to keep it really real with you guys, Problematics. And if you're listening to me, if you're listening to this, if you followed me long enough, like I can keep it real with you guys. And it's not about being a victim because of this or that or anything like that. What I will say is that being who I am in this space that I'm in, this space is not created for people like me to succeed. Um, this space is created for people like Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro to succeed, okay? Uh, these This space is created for people who fit the mold of what we have seen for decades and decades before. It, you know, the, uh, you know, straight... Um, you know, by the book, religious, whether it be Christian or in Ben Shapiro's case, Jewish, you know, the, the, that the, these people fit that mold, right? So conservatives are automatically going to, not automatically, but, you know, conservatives are not going to be particularly challenged when they listen to these people, right? Because these people are going to be coming at things with their worldview that is influenced by the fact that they are people that are very much represented in that space. For me, it's different because I do not see politics in the world and the media industry and, and entertainment and all of these other things. I do not see that in the way that the typical conservative does, so when these guys are saying things that, you know, I don't think are, are right, you know, I'm going to reach out and say that, right? 
I'm going to speak up and say that because I think that my audience deserves it. And so it's tough for me sometimes to just be like, okay, well, am I just going to toe the line and say what everybody else says? Or am I going to sort of push back on some things that people are saying? But then if I push back on things that are happening in the conservative movement, well, what does that mean that, you know, I'm just going to start, you know, being used by the left and the Democrats? It's this very weird space of sort of being in between these sort of two warring fractions. Now, I'm never going to vote Democrat again in life. Like, I will just never be on the left because for me, and I've said this before to you guys problematics, once you know what that is, and I know what that is, I know exactly what it is. Once the blinders were lifted from my eyes, I was like, well, I can't support this again. And by me not doing that, it creates barriers if I were, even when I started doing this in 2018, it, if I had started with a social media platform that was pushing BLM nonsense and that was pushing blacks as victims nonsense and that was pushing whatever, you know, the media wanted me to push, you know, that would have been elevated. That Like, you know, I would have been, you know, on the Time 100 list and doing red carpets and all of that other stuff because I would have fit the agenda that is being promoted. But as it stands right now, and maybe you guys can fully understand this, maybe you can't, I do not fit any agenda that's being pushed by anybody right now. I certainly do not fit the left's agenda, uh, which is to make all black people and or gay people or both sort of professional victims of the left. And and so I'm supposed to be, you know, sitting out here and, and sort of pushing, you know, their ideas. I don't fit that. I don't fit this sort of hard right thing that's going on in some circles of the conservative movement where we're just going to talk about, you know, God and the nuclear traditional family all the time and, you know, all these gay people and all of these drag queens and all of this stuff is so bad and, oh, look at how Lizzo's twerking. This is disgusting and all that stuff. Like, I don't do not fit into that mode either. And so for me, to exist in the space and to operate in the space, I have to realize that it is going to be very lonely at times. And it is going to feel like I am fighting a battle completely on my own. But this is the thing. I'm not fighting it on my own. I'm fighting it with all of you guys. And I think that sometimes when you get too much into the media world and, oh my God, uh, ben Shapiro saying this and Matt Walsh is saying this and, and oh, Candace Owens said that and, oh, you know, am I going to go on Fox News and what is this segment and, and all of this other stuff? I think that sometimes you can let other people sort of drive the conversation where you guys allow me to drive my own conversation. And I think that that was what I was missing. And I think that is the kind of stuff that I forgot when you get with, you know, because I, I got so deep into, into Trump world and in, in traveling and being on the campaign trail and in doing all these events and doing Fox and all that other stuff. Like that is one element to my life. And, and it is an important element because you really do have to be out there and be seen, but you also have this audience. So I have you guys you know, listening to the podcast and I have you guys on Instagram and I have you guys on Facebook. And I think that there is a responsibility to you guys that I fell off on that 
I don't know that I was appreciating and respecting you guys in the way that I should have been. I certainly was not um, creating content in a very stable way so that you could expect it from me. And so that is my apology to you guys. And so my challenge to myself and my promise to every single person that downloads this podcast, and, and you guys are in the thousands, which to me, it, it's it's still crazy to me that thousands of people download this podcast every single month. It, to me, it's crazy. Um, would I like to eventually grow it to tens of thousands, you know, at some point? Absolutely. And, and it will. But to me, the fact that thousands of you are listening and supporting and writing reviews, which, by the way, reviews are so important. I would love for even if 10% of the people that are listening right now would go take five minutes, go on Apple Podcasts, write some reviews, honest reviews, critical reviews, because I listen to it all. I listen to the love. I listen to the constructive criticism. Even the podcast reviews that are critical, I don't call it hate, because a lot of those reviews have a lot of constructive criticism, and I do listen to that, and I do take it to heart. Um, So this is my promise to you guys is that this will be a Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday podcast from here on out, that I will respect you, that I will challenge you, of course, because I know that I'm listened to by people that are left, right, and center. I don't have any sort of ideas in my head of who my quote-unquote audience is. Um, The only idea in my head that I have of who you guys are is that I don't think that I have status quo listeners because I'm not a status quo person. Um, Somebody like me has never existed in the media space before, which is sometimes why I, I sort of, you know, run into these brick walls like I alluded to before. You guys are not status quo people. I don't believe that you guys are all conservative. I don't believe that, you know, probably I, I think that there's a lot of you guys that are left and that's okay as well. Because I'm going to give you my opinion on what's really going on out there in the world. I'm going to continue to do that. And so my apology to you, and I'm going to complete this. My apology is that I was not there for you guys enough. I wasn't respecting your support enough. And I will not make that mistake again in the future. I do appreciate all of you that are still here. And thank you so much for listening. And coming up... Kamala Harris is under fire for some comments that she made about equity, quote-unquote, in dispersing relief funds for the devastating hurricane that just hit Florida. I will get into that with you right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Okay, welcome back, Problematics. Kamala Harris is under fire again. I don't even know if I can say that she's under fire because the only people that actually ever criticize her are conservatives. Um, The mainstream media sort of runs runs cover for her and and ignores these gaps, and uh, nobody else pretty much talks about it. So she's under fire again for these comments that she made. Now, she was at speaking not to a journalist, of course, because, you know, she doesn't speak to journalists. Um, She was speaking to, you know, some actress, uh, Priyanka Chopra, um, that, you know, the the actors and actresses, you know, they cosplay um, as activists. And anybody that knows how this really works is, you know, well aware of the fact that, you know, if you are trying to work or succeed or survive in Hollywood, you must push uh, the Democrat and left agenda 100% of the time, no fail. But anyway, this is the Vice President of the United States talking to this actress at, um, I think it's one of those ideas conferences where the only ideas that are ever being shared are uh, liberal and Democrat ideas. But anyway, I digress again. This is what she had to say about the disbursement of federal funds for the devastating Hurricane Ian that just hit Florida. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And, and so women. we absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and and do that work. The Kamala Harris thing, it's just like, look, (laughs) it's like I can't even... I, I find her so deeply disappointing on so many different levels. And first of all, before I even get into the crap that she's saying, because, and this is basically, look, you played the clip. This is not fake news. Uh, this is not manipulated. This is what she said. Uh, any thinking person listens to the equity buzzwords and listens to all that stuff and knows that she is basically suggesting that uh, relief funds be dispersed based on race, right? So everybody had to, the FEMA people had to clean it up. Uh, you know, De- DeSantis's um, rapid response director down there in, in Florida, Christina Pushaw, she had to say, like, we are not doing this. So the vice president says something stupid, creates all of this drama 
And then she just kind of moves on. And nobody ever really asks her about this. This has been probably going on two years of of the weirdest, one of the weirdest uh, presidencies I've ever seen in my life. And and not to say that the Trump administration did not have uh, its share of bizarre moments. Yes. But what I've never seen before is just a, a mainstream media and the entire sort of system and infrastructure um, just exists in place to protect these people, right? So even before I get back to, you know, this idea of equity and, and, and race-based disbursement, which is inherently racist, right? Uh, the left at this point nowadays is, is trying to correct historical racism, which, by the way, I've never denied. Um, a lot of a lot of my haters try to say, "Oh, he's a racist." I've never denied the existence of historical racism. I've never denied the existence of racism as it exists in our society right now. I've never done that. Um, but what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to sort of fix historical racism with more racism uh, that puts you know people of color, quote unquote black people in, in front of white people when it comes to um, the disbursement of, of federal relief for a devastating hurricane, which is crazy, uh, which is stupid, which is, yes, racist. And by the way, that's not something that I throw out there. I don't say racist a lot, but it is racist, right? Uh, but let me go back to, again, how fundamentally disappointing Kamala Harris is as our first female vice president, as our first uh, biracial vice president. She is Indian and Jamaican. So, you know, like she self-identifies as black, whatever, because, you know, a lot of a lot of, you know, these biracials that are in politics and in the media, they self-identify as black because that is the most um, advantageous for them, uh, either politically or to get attention or whatever, um, to, to sort of, you know, ride the horse of, of that black victim narrative. But, you know, Kamala Harris is biracial. And she's just such a massive disappointment. Uh, for somebody who has the historical first of sitting in this role, she is so nakedly political at all times. She has such a a fundamental misjudgment of the room, and she doesn't. She never seems to have the full grasp of the situations that she is opining on. Uh, what she has is woke buzzwords, and what she has is talking points. And when left to her own devices to share her true thoughts on these things, it is a disaster every single time. Granted, there's a reason that she was not talking to a real journalist. Uh, there's a reason that she was talking to um, a Hollywood actress that's sort of like cosplaying um, as a serious thinker, right? Because these are the spaces that her team puts her in because they know uh, how deeply disappointing she is. And I would say this as somebody who wants... You know, first of all, you know, I'll say this all the time. I'm not a not my president. You know, Joe Biden is the president. Kamala Harris is the vice president. And I said this during the Trump years when all the left was freaking out. I said, you know, wanting your president and vice president to fail is like being on an airplane and wanting the pilot to crash. It gives me no pleasure to be open and honest about the ways in which these people are driving this country into the toilet right now. The ways that you and I can both feel 
You feel it at the pump. You feel it at the grocery store. Um, I feel it living in New York City, you know, between New York City and Florida. I'm telling you guys, I, I feel these things, right? And so let's get back to, number one, you know, how disappointing Kamala Harris is. But, you know, this idea that we have to start using these buzzwords like equity and all of this other stuff when it comes to um, relief for people who have been taken out by a devastating natural disaster. The idea that for some reason people need to come first in the list when it comes to this stuff based on their skin color, literally based on nothing else than their skin color is insane and it is absurd and it really does speak to how deeply she is in the bubble that she would even say something so silly, but this is who these people are. And this is what they're saying. And I think I tweeted something similar to this. They are telling, you know, they're, they're victim group people. This is why I like to call them the victim group people. So they're, you know, always operating under the assumption that, you know, anybody that is not white is going to automatically vote for them. So this is their message to them is that we are going to prioritize you. We are going to make you more important. It's your turn now, Right. And so what is a white American that's not some guilty white liberal living on the coasts? What is some white American to think about this? And so in trying to be quote unquote inclusive, um, in trying to speak out to, you know, African Americans, Latinos, other people of color, whatever, they do nothing but divide us and other people of color, you know, black men and other people of color from the rest of America. And I'm telling you guys all the time, and I've said this over and over and over again, this is what these people do. These people slice and dice into smaller and smaller and smaller segments because this is how they think that they can get votes. And when they start losing some of these segments, when they start losing um, African Americans, when they start losing Latinos, when they start losing gay and lesbian Americans, then they sick the majority in these groups onto these smaller groups to tell them, oh, you're not really black, um, you're, not, you're, you're this, you're that, etc. It's really dangerous. It's really not dangerous. I, I hate people saying dangerous because it's like, oh, Trump is dangerous. And the right rhetoric is it's not dangerous. Okay, it's an idea. It's a terrible idea. Um, but it's a very damaging idea because what it does is it divides us as a country. And I'm not one of those people that are just like, well, I don't want, you know, the, you know, there are the Latino Americans and, and I'm a black American. You know, there's gay and lesbian Americans. I understand people's desire to identify with different groups. I get that. But what there needs to be more of is there need to, needs to be more of what brings us together as Americans. And every single moment that this administration has where there can be a moment to bring us together as Americans in solidarity. They do not miss an opportunity to fan the flames of division. I am telling you they do not. And that is what is the saddest about this particular Kamala Harris gap. But I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> there will be more. Uh, a Kamala Harris gaffe is going to come. As, uh, all she has to do is speak. Okay, and we're going to be talking about something stupid uh, that she said again. This is only the latest. 
All right, coming up, folks, the first gay romantic comedy, Bros, has just belly flopped at the box office. I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you what its star had to say about Republicans and quote-unquote homophobic Americans that did not go see his movie after the break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Okay, Problematics, we're back. So over the weekend, a movie called Bros was released. Now, if you had not heard of Bros, it was uh, marketed as the first uh, mainstream, wide-release gay romantic comedy. But they weren't marketing as a gay romantic comedy. They were working marketing as LGBTQ plus IA, blah, 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 alphabet soup, whatever. So I had heard... Uh, been hearing about this movie for months and months and months. It was aggressively, aggressively marketed um, to the kinds of things that I watch. <laughs> you know, uh, Housewives, Bravo, um, sort of LGBT-orient media, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to tell you this. Um, I actually really did want this movie to succeed. Having seen it earlier this week at a test screening, I can tell you exactly why it didn't. Um, and, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But what, why it's making news right now is that its star Billy Eichner, who you may have may remember from uh, the Billy on the Street, remember the the tall, obnoxious uh, gay dude that's sort of like running around the streets of New York City, um, screaming questions at people, and then so that's why he's famous, right? Um, so this movie, Bros. Um, He's having a complete meltdown. The the movie cost about twenty two million to make, and God knows how much to, more to market. Because I mean, I, I'll tell you this: they they were everywhere promoting this movie, and I mean everywhere. Okay, you if you are somebody that engages in mainstream liberal media, etc., entertainment outlets, etc., there is no way that you did not know that this movie was coming. Okay, because I've been hearing about this movie for months and months and months. And now it is trending for all of the wrong reasons. It belly flopped at the box office, grossing less than $5 million on a $22 million budget. It was projected to do at least $10 million this weekend. It did half of that. And the star Billy Eichner is currently having a complete meltdown over so on social media and being dragged all over the place, he said, um, anyone who is not a homophobic weirdo, go see bros. Um, this movie is being review bombed by homophobes who want it to fail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I tweeted something about this and got picked up by uh, Fox Digital. 
that this is uh, the typical response of a Hollywood victim leftist. Uh, and what you have to understand is that, and I'll get into why this movie is bad and, and why I believe that it tanked. Um, but these people are literally incapable of looking into the mirror and, and realizing their own shortcomings, right? So this movie, I'm going to tell you, as somebody that saw this movie, I was looking forward to it. You know, look, I'm a gay dude. Um, there's not a whole lot of romantic comedies that sort of um, are, you know, about me or, or things that are sort of uh, even tangentially related to my life. And so I did not really want it to fail. What I wanted it to be was good. And unfortunately, it was not good. And I will tell you why. When you sit down in the movie theater, look. We are learning this year when it comes to entertainment, and I'm going to be doing a lot more um, entertainment and pop culture stuff on this podcast. At least one of my segments um, every episode is going to be on entertainment and pop culture because I feel like um, conservatives losing the culture um, is one of the main reasons why we're sort of in this place that we are right now as conservatives. And what these people in Hollywood do not understand is that when people sit down to watch a movie, they want to be first and foremost entertained, okay? They do not want to be lectured to. They do not want to be moralized to. They do not want to be taught a lesson. They do not want an agenda shoved down their throats. Now, are there ways uh, that you can subtly include whatever your agenda is, whatever your politics are, whatever in a movie? Absolutely you can. Uh, there are some some really good movies that have done that, but the first rule has to be to entertain. Um, and Bros does not entertain the majority of the time that it's supposed to be entertaining. Uh, what it does is, number one, Billy Eichner's the lead character is one of the most annoying and unpleasant people I've ever been sort of forced uh, to interact with uh, via sitting in a movie theater watching them for the past two two hours two for two hours. This is the lead character of this movie. He is neurotic. He is whiny. He is unpleasant. Um, I don't think that he is a physically attractive person. Like maybe uh, there is somebody that he's for. He's not for me. So so I physically have to look at this person. Okay, first of all, um, for two hours, and this is a person that I physically don't want to look at. All right. So that's first of all. Second of all, the movie is so enamored with itself, and it 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 sees its place as to. Um, not only not to entertain you, but to educate you about LGBTQ history or etc. And this character in this movie, okay, this is a he writes gay history books, he does a gay podcast, and he's about to become executive director of the first LGBTQ plus history museum in New York. He hangs around nothing but gay people. I mean, I'm a gay guy that lives in um, major metropolitan cities, uh, I should, you know, be the direct target of this movie. And I was watching this movie and I was like, my God, my life isn't this gay. I don't want my life to be this gay. If, if my life was that gay, it would be the most limiting thing in the world. But this is what this says. And so not only that, there's so much of the script that is spent, um, educating quote-unquote the audience about lgbt history and and marsha p johnson this and stonewall that the writing is so um 
the joke, some of the jokes are funny, some of the jokes do land, but these just don't seem like real people speaking. And there's a bi character, and there's a lesbian character, and then there's a trans character, and there's this sort of like non-binary character, but they don't, well, non-binary is BS, by the way. Non-binary just does not exist. This is not a thing. Um, and I will not be bullied into, you know, pretending that non-binary is a thing because it is not. But the thing is, is that these people do not seem like real people, right? They're not written like real people. Uh, they just seem like check, you know, boxes to be checked so that, you know, Billy Eichner um, can say that he was inclusive of everyone. And he just the flop sweat that you can see coming from him and coming from the script um, in, in order to placate the sort of far left LGBTQ plus whatever activists on Twitter. I mean, you can just feel it. And so this movie has flopped, and now he is going crazy online. He's blaming homophobes, and and mind you, this is the person that said that he didn't want any Republicans seeing his movie. He didn't want people that voted for Trump watching this movie. He didn't even want gay Republicans seeing the movie because he views them as traitors, right? So if you actively go about alienating your audience, your movie is going to flop. Are there things that work about the movie? Yes. There were some things about it that were literally screamingly funny. I There were some elements of this movie that I found quite funny. Um, there were elements of the movie, particularly the love story between the two guys, once you suspend disbelief um, in order to think that anybody that looks like Luke McFarlane, who's the uh, sort of more traditionally masculine, uh, muscly, you know, sports guy that, you know, that falls for Billy Eichner in this movie. You have to suspend all kinds of... It was more of a suspension of disbelief in this movie to believe that that man could fall for Billy Eichner than any suspension of disbelief that any of the Avengers movies uh, required of me, by the way. So this is, you know, beyond blockbuster level suspension of disbelief. But that being said, some of the stuff worked. The love story kind of works. The humor kind of works. There were parts that were very, very funny. And this is what I, I, I said to my friend after I saw the advanced screening of this movie. I said, you know, if they would have toned down the lectures, and by the way, and speaking of the sort of the progressive politics that I think kind of uh, killed this movie, there's also a whole subplot about... Uh, whether second graders should be taught LGBTQ plus history. The, the Eichner character gets into an argument with the boyfriend's mother, who happens to be a second grade teacher, who does not believe um, that kids should be taught LGBT history in the second grade. I mean, you know, they may be, you know, preoccupied with multiplication tables or, or things that they can actually use, right? So there's not an agenda that he didn't, find a way to shove into this screenplay. And I think that fundamentally, that is one of the the major turnoffs. And, and for me, as somebody that's a gay dude in a major city, and I'm supposed to be the target market for this, I just couldn't connect with it. I didn't believe enough that these two people were in love or that anybody would fall in love with such a thoroughly unpleasant character. Like, I didn't believe in that enough to, I don't know, to buy any of this. And so the movie's flopping and it deserves to flop because it's not a good movie. And so the lesson of Hollywood, and I tweeted this, like you have to take note, people, do not tell 51% 
of the population that you hate them, that you hate their guts, that you don't want them to see this content, that you don't want their support, because you know what? They're not going to give it to you. And then to somehow blame them and to wrap yourself up in this victimhood, uh, he's making himself a martyr because he did so much for LGBT culture uh, by making, you know, this, you know, crap movie. It's, it's ridiculous. But I had to tell you guys, as we're heading into, and you know what I call this, I call this the post-woke era. As we head into the post-woke era, you are going to see less and less and less of this stuff because it's niche. Okay? Because audiences don't want it. Um, do I believe that audiences rejected this movie because it was gay? I don't believe that. I don't believe it one bit because I saw the movie. Um, audiences rejected the movie that because, first of all, number one, um, all of the marketing was telling a straight audience that this movie is not for you. So if it's telling a straight audience that a movie is not for you, why on earth would they go see it? Number two, if I was to do a movie like this, I would have taken it out of New York City, first of all, and made it somewhere that's a little bit more relatable. I would have killed the fact, you know, the guys can be gay, but my goodness, you know, he's a gay podcast and he writes gay history books and, you know, he's the LGBTQ History Museum. Like, no, whose life is that gay? I don't want my life to be that gay. So there are a lot of reasons that this movie failed. And I think, you know, Eichner's having his little meltdown on social media, is getting dragged all over the internet, which he deserves to, by the way. And now this has become... Again, get another left-right culture war because a lot of the, the loudest voices on the right are saying, well, wait a minute. Um, if straight people hate gay people so much, how did Brokeback Mountain do $200 million worldwide um, and your movie flops? Now, the argument that, that the far LGBT left or people like Billy Eichner are going to make is that, you know, Brokeback Mountain is this tragic love story. Um, it's sort of like desexualized and all this other stuff. And I think that there's sort of a valid validity to that. But also, I think that, number one, <laughs> Brokeback Mountain is an absolutely superb movie um, that gets better with age, and it's more devastating every time you see it. The first time I saw Brokeback Mountain, um, I'd never, I hadn't really experienced a lot of love or loss or life or anything like that. And I came back around to it, I think, a couple of years ago and just ended up watching it. And I was like, man, this is real. And, and it's the kind of movie, you know, you have to, you have to live a little life to... To really understand. But anyway, long story short, Billy Eichner, you know, audiences rejected your movie not because it's gay, um, but because they don't want to be lectured to. And those of the audience that may not share your politics don't want to be told that they're awful or evil or homophobic or whatever for not seeing your crap movie, right? So as we go into this post-woke era, let the belly flop of this movie be a lesson to Hollywood executives. I do not believe that the vast majority of people are homophobic. I do not believe that there is this um, lack of interest in stories about gay people. Um, I just think that this was not the right vehicle. It was certainly not marketed in the right way. And casting such a deeply, deeply unpleasant person as your lead is probably a no-go. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for joining. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram 
at Rob Smith online. New episodes of Can't Cancel Rob Smith will be coming your way every Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday via Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you on Wednesday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before, and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.